0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 232 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today, let's explore the hero archetype What is the hero archetype? Why it relates to you and your anxiety and your fears? And why is the hero archetype your best bet forward in traversing the unknown of the world and our lives? Because we're living in comfort, yes. And we have so much around us to appreciate and fall back on for certainty. But what happens when the snake inevitably slithers into your existence and awakens you from this unconscious bubble? That's what happened to me. That's what we see in the Buddha story as well. You're living in your confined space of comfort. You're playing your video games. You're eating your foods, your delicious foods. Um, you're chatting, having a few beers and life has been going like this for some time. Now you're going to the movies, you're enjoying this, you're enjoying that, but then all of a sudden something comes in that awakens you. And what do you do? How do you traverse that? And why, why does the hero archetype relate to your story? Why do, why do these movies like the Hobbit, Harry Potter relate to you and your experiences, because, you know, we're living in comfort, but it's not evident, self evident, that there is a dragon. Well, you know, there hasn't, like, there is no physical predatory animal lurking outside your home, ready to pounce on you that's keeping you awake at night. But there are those predatory animals animals lurking within you or lurking within the things you haven't paid attention to that you've neglected that have been building up unconsciously. And and yeah, how do we contend with that? But the first thing I do want to talk about and bring about in this podcast episode is gratitude. We all forget that the things that are most common, just become so repetitive and we sweep them under the rug without shining some sort of spotlight on them. And gratitude is this perception shift, right? Gratitude is about separating yourself from the distractions and rush of everyday life and looking towards what gets unnoticed. So shining a spotlight of consciousness on what we have going for us rather than what we lack. And for me, I have a mantra that brings me into the present moment. The mantra is wow, right? I bring about this word, wow. And when I bring it about, like it, I, when I do it right now, I'm noticing, wow, look at me. I'm sitting here with this desk in this moment of time, where I have my laptop and I'm talking to you my audience I can't even I don't even I can't even comprehend I have an audience right now wow look at this I have my notebook here I have my tea here uh, I'm in this beautiful place that I share with Maggie and this keeps going on the more I'm just entertaining this mantra of wow 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 look at this look at this look at this That brings me here back into this moment. So what is your mantra? It doesn't have to be, wow. But I like it for me because that's my anchor. Brings me back into the present moment. But anyways, let's get into the archetype, the hero archetype. What is an archetype? An archetype is what's most common across time. So these stories of the hero venturing into the darkness and conquering what lurks in in the unknown is this meta-truth. It's a meta-truth. Modes of being that have been proven effective through trial and error over a great span of time right so we've taken these modes of being so people have gone out and conquered the unknown came back shared it amongst the community and then we've repeated this conversation i guess you can say and dramatization over a period of time where we extract these these important Uh, actions these actions that have been proven successful and we've dispensed with what wasn't successful over this span of time to where we've gotten these dramatizations of how one goes out into the unknown and conquers the fears of humankind and so typically the unknown is home to the amalgamation of what is most terrible to human beings, right? And so what's that? Well, it's the dragon. It makes sense. Dragons, do they exist? Yeah, in, in a meta-truth kind of way. The dragon is made up of All things that have been proven most fearful to human beings. What are those things? The dragon is made up of the bird of prey. The dragon is made up of the predatory cat. The dragon is made up of the snake. All these predators have been a problem for human beings. These are the things that have haunted us throughout our evolution. And so it makes sense that we've amalgamated and we've welded these great fears into one meta-fear, right? Because that's the thing about these predators you kill one snake, you kill one predatory cat, there's a problem because we, we, we solve the immediate problem, but there's a nest of cats still out there. There's a nest of snakes that still exist. So if we cut the head off of one snake, five more will grow and then we cut those heads off, 10 more will grow. That is the predicament of human beings. how do we set, how do we solve the set of all potential problems? And that's what human beings have been doing or figuring out for forever, forever. So how do we solve the set of all possible problems? Well, We have to tell the stories of those people who have solved the set of all problems. Who are those people that have gone out into the unknown and, and found the layer of snakes, found the layer of those predatory creatures and overcame them, right? So then the question is, what is the proper way of being to live amongst the fear? Right? How, what is the proper way? Do we ignore it? Well, we are conscious of our vulnerabilities. We will never forget the encounter we have with something predatory. We will never forget that because we are vulnerable we know that we're vulnerable because you know we've we're conscious beings we we are aware of time but also we are aware of the vulnerabilities of our family our kids especially our kids we know that things can hurt them that can do us in i mean for a great span of time our Children have been pulled into the depths by crocodiles, by predatory creatures. They have been taken from us. And so we've been evolved to be so hyper conscious of what lurks in the unknown because we have children, right? We want to keep them safe. And so those that ventured and conquered. What was fearful to protect the community not only got the best mates, but learned how to defeat the predator, and we've shared that generation after generation. We shared those stories, and and that was through dramatization. We dramatized this exploration, and we see that in movies today, where we're we're pulled into stories like harry potter like star wars uh, like the hobbit because they are narratives of people venturing into the unknown and gaining what's of value and we see it everywhere it doesn't even have to be in harry potter these very uh popular shows or movies we see it everywhere in many of the shows that we watch the people are trying to contend with betrayal people are trying to contend with the snakes in their own heart right the the evil lurking within them how do we deal with the tragedies of existence we are drawn into these stories there's a quote from the show Vikings that I used to watch. I really like that show. One of the Vikings in the show, well, they were sitting around a campfire and one of them says, stories is all we have. And I, I resonated with that. I mean, that makes sense. Yes, stories is all that we have. We are drawn into stories. And so the more humans ventured forth and conquered the beast's the more we told these stories on these experiences. And we are exploratory creatures after all. With an unbelievable well of potential. And so what are the most popular dragon slaying stories today that we know of? Well, we know of Beowulf. We know of Hobbit. We know of St. George and the Dragon. We know of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And we know of Marduk. And we know of Harry Potter. We know of Sleeping Beauty. The list goes on and on forever. I mean, Pinocchio, my God. You know, if you take up any Pixar Disney film and you'll find the hero venturing out into the unknown and conquering something that is way greater of a, of a challenge that they ever imagined. And so these stories are a reflection of your potential. There are dragons all around you. Like I said, at the beginning of this episode, we all have dragons even though they're not self-evident even though we don't look out even though there isn't a predatory cat lurking outside the door of your home there are dragons all around you for me i'll i'll name you some of those so for me agoraphobia which is the fear of fear itself right that's in harry potter harry potter has this His biggest fear is fear of itself. That's the Dementor, right? How does Harry learn how to contend with the the, the Dementor? He has to learn how to conjure up a a Patronus spell. And to do that, you have to train the mind to to generate something of meaning, a, a memory that is very meaningful and positive, That's what I learned in cognitive behavioral therapy. To change the patterns of the negative self-talk, you must learn to generate different patterns of thought and images. That's one powerful way to conquer the baggage and the heaviness of negative self-talk, right? And Harry does that in Harry Potter, right? he conjures up a Patron- Patronus to defeat the Dementor that freezes him like any predatory animal does. It freezes you. And then what does it do to Harry? It makes him relive <clears throat> all of the painful memories of his past. It's like he's reliving all of his, it's like all of his insecurities bubble up. All of the things that he hasn't properly integrated yet into his psyche come up to the surface, overwhelms him. He can't deal with the chaos of, of the unknown, right? And so he has to learn how to contend with the unknown. And so like for me, Dealing with agoraphobia, I had to conquer this dragon of, well, when I'm out in the unknown, what happens? Well, I feel all of these sensations and it makes me fearful and I retreat back home. So I have to learn how to gradually expose myself to these feelings and sensations and thoughts and stay there and confront the fear without running away in order to make new associations and then to decrease this sensitivity, but also increase my competence and trust. I developed a new trust in my body by doing this. And then I thought, hmm, I'm capable of much more than I thought. That's Bilbo Baggins and the Hobbits. That's Harry Potter. That's Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, I'm I'm capable of much more than I thought I was. Huh. That's that's enlightening, man. So for me, agoraphobia, a big dragon. Also, pornography, another big dragon. Social anxiety, another big dragon, health anxiety. Fear is what has yet to be explored and mastered. Like Bilbo Baggins in the Shire or Harry Potter at the Dursleys, living in what you already know. That's safety, that's comfort, that's known territory. It's like Jordan Peterson says, It's better to be friends with what you don't know than to be friends with what you already know. That's profound. That's profound. And we see with the Dursleys how ignorant they are to the potential that lurks outside of their conservative space that they inhabit. They're ignorant to the magic of potential harry is full of potential and when harry starts to incorporate or explore that potential it's like this repulsive thing that the dursleys fight back on right like they don't want harry to 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 awaken to his potential they want someone like dudley dursley right like what does what do they do with dudley they make him this unconscious video game playing um junk food eating kid that's like live in comfort live in comfort there's no magic out there you don't have potential live in unconsciousness and so outside of the shire outside of the dursley's these characters like Harry Potter, or like Bilbo Baggins, begin to integrate their underdeveloped parts of their psyche. They start to explore what's possible. You have to go and venture into the unknown to realize what's possible, to gain that knowledge. Because no matter how walled off your garden is, even in the dursleys right even living in unconsciousness the snakes always find a way in the snake awakens you out of unconsciousness so if your diet doesn't change so if you're eating the same foods when you were the same foods as when you were 20 so you're 35 now for example, and you're still eating the same foods you were eating when you are a teenager, pizza, sugar, processed foods, um, fast foods, and this is your common diet, yeah, it's great. It makes you feel good. You're still, you know, it's a pattern of behavior that has been practiced for, for a, a long period of time. But what happens when you're diagnosed with diabetes? the snake of diabetes shows up in your life what happens it awakens you you go oh no what have what have i been doing for the past 15 years like everything i've been doing is it my fault uh, what have what have i been eating oh my god now i have to formulate a new way of being now i have to learn how to live with diabetes now i have to learn a new way of Eating and I have to rearrange my whole lifestyle around this. So the snake of diabetes is like this giant awakening, right? It's it's pulling you out of unconsciousness into consciousness, right? That is the Adam and Eve story. That's the archetypal story of Adam and Eve. Right? What's what happens in Adam Adam and Eve? They encountered the snake of good and evil. Eating the fruit that the snake offers Adam and Eve awakens them, and they become self-conscious. They they realize that they're vulnerable. Creatures, right? And that's what happens when you encounter the snake, right? That's what happens when you're comfortably going along in your life and all of a sudden you're diagnosed with an illness or that you experience the death of a loved one or that you're betrayed by somebody. You're lied to and you're betrayed. What happens? Oh my God, like I'm vulnerable. Oh my God, life is not what I thought it was. And then now you have to explore this territory of the unknown that has popped up, right? For me, when health anxiety popped up, it was a sign that I had to explore a new way of being because my old ways of being is not serving me. It's only increasing my suffering to a greater degree. And so in Adam and Eve, why this story is profound is that it's depicting the the self-consciousness of human beings and that when we encounter the snake it, like the snake will always get in no matter what and it will always awaken us so the message here is hey maybe we should just pay attention that there are going to be snakes we should stay we should prepare ourselves appropriately Right. Let's 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 keep our eyes open, man, because those things are everywhere and they're going to come in and it's it's better to be awake and maybe we could actually buttress ourselves against these snakes rather than sit around, play video games and like let the snakes build up around you to the point where there's just too much to contend with and then you have to go seek help right you got to go talk to somebody you got to sign up for coaching you got to do this because like my old self they all the snakes built up to the point where it it conjoined together into this ginormous dragon that was just too great for me to deal with but then eventually over a period of time pushing myself into the unknown i learned how to contend with these dragons and learned how to establish a new way of being and then that brings us into the archetypal story of cain and abel which is about the sacrifices that we need to make today in order to buttress ourselves against the the snakes of existence Right, So the quality of your sacrifices are in proportion to the quality of your life. Now, that is huge. Just think about that for one moment. The quality of your sacrifices are in proportion to the quality of your life. What are you willing to let go of in order to build upon the quality of your existence. So for me, my ego was part of pornography, smoking weed, getting up late, uh, entertaining certain negative limiting thoughts, uh, entertaining the identity that I've been building upon throughout all of the years that I've been alive, the identity that has been built upon by the beliefs of culture and and my parents, and the collective, and then learning a new way of being by integrating new people into my life, role models that follow a different path. They're like the black sheep. People I'm not accustomed to following that live a certain way very minimalistic primitive lifestyle like Wim Hof, David Goggins Russell Brand Jordan Peterson uh, list goes on and on I mean there's so many inspirational people out there but these people they live a certain way where they follow a certain structure routine and they sacrifice all of the habits that I was doing in order to to reach their better selves so for me i had to sacrifice pornography i had to sacrifice all of the video games that i was playing i had to sacrifice some of the friends that i was hanging around sacrifice alcohol sacrifice sugar sacrifice complex carbohydrates sacrifice sleeping in i had to wake up early in the morning sacrificing even jobs that i was doing that i realized over time were not uh for me, or in, in that weren't serving me. I had to sacrifice uh, beliefs and values to make up a new identity, build upon this new identity. So, what are you willing to sacrifice? In the Cain and Abel story, Abel is making these grandiose sacrifices to God, and God is favoring him. So, Abel is sacrificing his prized sheep, something that he's very like like, think about that for a second. If you have a prized sheep, think of it as it being your favorite toy, your favorite uh, video game console, your favorite dessert, right? Like, cake, right? Like, what is your favorite thing that you, you just, you, you feel like you can't live without? For me, pornography. It was this So Abel is sacrificing something that is of high quality to him. So for me, sacrificing pornography, something that was high quality to me, letting go of that allowed in this openness to what could be. And and, and life started to favor me in certain ways when I would let go of these things I was attached to too because um these in um, these stimuli like pornography like movies and and things like that that i still you know movies i still appreciate pornography i had to let that go completely you know letting go of these grandiose things actually increased the quality of my existence and so Life started to favor me in all sorts of ways. And so for Cain, he's not making the, the big enough sacrifices because he's making a sacrifice of his prized, or not prized, but he's making sacrifices of his grains, right? And God isn't favoring him. So Cain has an opportunity here to develop a humility. Okay, what is Abel doing that I can adopt? Because he's clearly, he's, he's got things going for him, man. Like, things are working out for him. What can I do better? But Cain doesn't go that route. He retreats back into ego. He goes and broods and entertains his resentment over Abel. And then he ends up killing his brother, And then he even suffers more greatly because when you kill your ideal, then it's just tyranny. It's just, at that point, not having an ideal. Where are you striving towards? It's like getting rid of the North Star. Where are you going now? You're even more lost than ever before. At least Abel was a star that you could have followed To to better yourself, now that there is no star, you're just wandering around lost even more than before. That's why it's a profound story, right? These stories are psychological explorations of what is your best bet in life. And dealing with the tragedy and the fallibility of existence. And why these stories hit us with such force is that they depict a way of being that is our best bet in traversing the unknown and the fears that lurk in it. And succeeding... And what happens when we succeed? Well, we we gain the knowledge and the skill we acquired from the unknown and we share it with the community so that they then succeed. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Everyone, thank you so much for listening today. I greatly appreciate it. Just a heads up the Anxiety Project program, the downloadable CBT-based and NLP-based program that I developed to help build a structure over the chaos that you may or may not be contending with, the chaos of anxiety, that this program helps you traverse this unknown. This program helps build certainty and I provide tools and strategies within the program to help you release past baggage and to move forward. It is on sale now, 15% off if you use code SPRING because, because it is springtime right now. So use code SPRING, 15% off. Of the program, and lastly, rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The anxiety project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.